are back in town. The boys are back in town. Here they are. And what town are we in? Mind your own business. Boy town. (laughs) (laughs) As much as I hate the idea of toxic masculinity in general... I don't. I wouldn't want to go to Boytown for an extended period of time. Nobody wants to go to Boytown. It's very sad. It's like, oh my god, what happened to your car? I drove through Boytown. Like, I don't know if you've got a good detail guy. Why is there so much muscle milk on your car? It's, it's covered in muscle milk. Um, yep. All right. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad we got that out of our system. I'm really, really surprised you didn't cut this like you do every other time we make a bad joke in the first five seconds of the podcast. Yeah, no, we're running this one, we're running it hot, running it straight, running it clean. You don't know how long I've wanted to share this with you, audience. (laughs) Oh no, (laughs) you're gonna ruin the intro again. Nope. Um, Well, anyhow, welcome back to Carl Pooling. Uh, What an amazing week we've had over here on the other side of the microphone, Mm -hmm. big movements, you guys rocketed us past 250 daily subscribers, so Bada thank bomb. you, thank you, thank you very much. Appreciate um, everybody who's listened to our new Sultry Tones. Tell your friends. Tell your grandma. Your grandma loves this show. Yeah, actually, we started doing a little advertising. Grandmas do love this show. <laughs> they out. are big into it. Very into it. We're us. very hot with the, the women over 55 crowd. That's why I've decided to start wearing suspenders. And you know what? The end. The end. Uh, so, anyhow, Hunter, what are we going to talk about today? Um, so, I think primarily we want to address uh, this new green deal. This um, new dumb deal. Yeah. All right, I've got a lot of thoughts. About about the deal? About the, the whole thing. About the climate change argument. Mm-hmm. I won't call it a debate because it's really not a debate about climate change. I'll get into that later. Okay. But yeah. about the new green deal itself, uh, about uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's imminent and forthcoming and relentless stupidity. Okay. And wow. the the bad faith in which this argument is carried out. So on this show, a lot of times we try and be sensitive to the other, it, the other, it, like point of view, the other side of the issue, right? Yes. Like on the abortion episode, we made abundantly clear that we were not coming down hard on the women who were facing the decision of having or not having an abortion. The sinners. <laughs> wow. All right. So let's delete that episode. Delete um, that episode. Never happened. I'm sorry. So we. That's right. We we try and give people. Um, the benefit of the doubt. Right. We, we we can totally sit in the shoes of someone being there and go, wow, that's a really hard decision. And we, you know, we find compassion for that person. Yes. This is not one of those issues. Right. The New Green Deal, the whole debate around climate change, the climate change argument, it is specifically perpetrated for dubious means. It has nothing to do with actually helping the planet. It's not scientifically grounded. It's not effective in its solutions. And for the love of God, the New Green Deal itself doesn't even lay out any prescriptions. Just these fiats that the government is going to accomplish somehow. We'll get into that. But it's a bad faith argument. It is using a exaggeration of a real problem to slip underhandedly into effectively socialism. They're not being straight about it. They're not belaying their true intentions. It's a bad faith argument. And anybody that's read the bill and believes it's a good idea, let me just say, you're an idiot. And I'm not apologizing for it. You're an idiot. Economics is where I live. It's what uh, a vast majority of my studies have been in. I, I know this stuff inside and out. And if you actually read the bill and you have a cursory knowledge of how markets work and a cursory knowledge of history when these types of ideas have been instantiated and you still believe it's a good idea, you are a utter fool and or the most narcissistic human being that has ever walked on planet Earth. So a lot of times we're nice to the opposition. Not today. This this kind of ideal, it's so underhanded and... So, good God, what are you doing? My microphone's messed up. You are ruining my rant, Hunter. I'm sorry. That squeak 
it's like a thousand mice. I fixed it. Perishing simultaneously in my headphones. I did that all while driving, <laughs> folks. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. yeah. And we're getting pulled over. Uh, no. But, oh, you had me so scared. <laughs> I was like, great. I'll get you back. Thanks. But anyway, yep, not today. No quarter, no niceness. The people that are promoting this and the people that have done their due diligence and pretend that this is a good idea, you're, you're out of line. Yeah. Completely. I, I Yeah, I think you're going to have to bring in some qualifications there for me to jump on board with that. But I, I think I'm pri- mostly with you on all of this. So sure. Yeah. Well, why don't we start? Why don't we start with this? I'll lay the groundwork for why the new Green Deal, and then I, I think you've done some good reading about this. Why don't you kind of go through? Because uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez posted the tenets of the bill, the outline, effectively that they're going to try and back up with legislation, and. It's a bloody mess, but why don't you lay out what it actually says, and then we'll frame it into the debate and dismantle it summarily. So I actually read an article just trying to like understand a little bit more about it, and after reading it, I was like, I don't even think there's a point to reading the bill, because essentially the main points of the... the uh, well, well, to be clear, the bill hasn't been proposed yet. The, it's or or the set of bills, the outline is what was posted. Did no, you? no, 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 no. I, I think I think maybe we don't have the right. Inf- you, I don't know if we actually have the right information. There's like a bill that Congress was going to ratify, and this bill was more like a statement rather than like any action. Okay. It was like in the next ten years we plan to accomplish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These main things. That's at least what I'm calling the outline. Oh, okay. So I, I think that's still considered a bill, like. When Congress, it, it's essentially something an act that Congress does, like from time to time. Like it, it will pass legislation or bills or statements, essentially that have no legal requirement. Like we don't like Trump's trade policies. Uh, hey, get in line. Right. Like in 2017, early 2018, they passed a bill, and it was just basically saying we don't agree with the president. Okay. Stamp. And okay. that's kind of what that's that's essentially what Alexandria Ocasio Cortez was attempting to get passed in this, and then along with that other individual, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, in this bill. And then there would be subsequent le- legislation to try and instantiate some of the lofty ideas. Picture, picture like the bill being something like we want to accomplish X, and that's all it is. And it's and then it was the way we will accomplish X will be figured out later. Okay, yeah, and that let's just stop right there. Right. So this thing has no legs to start with. Right, exactly. The, the, you can say we want to turn everybody into peanut butter by the year 2025. And you can do it, and, if you believe. And you can do it. <laughs> wow, Hunter. You, uh, you should go to Congress. Yeah, you There's could. not enough 29-year-old bartenders there, well, yeah. uh, Alexandria said this week. I guess I better get in a bar. <laughs> yeah, you better well. You better like try alcohol once. Yeah, that uh, too. <laughs> Very the clean cut brother guys. But anyhow, um, yeah. So it has no legs to start with, right? And it's just so ridiculous. There's not even a, a proper funding mechanism attached to it um, for all of this. That's going to cost so. And so there's been so many estimates. But anyway, why don't you no, lay no, out? I just have to say, like. Th- in an interview where she says, she says, like, for every $1 that we spend in building extra infrastructure within the government, we get $6 back. I was like, show me that. Because if you've got something that's an ROI of 600%, 600%. I'm there. I don't care if it's called the government. I don't care if it's Soviet Russia. I don't care who it is. Like, tomorrow we are going to do that. Well, okay, see, I, and I know you're you're exaggerating, but sure. there's actually a part in the bill that I have a huge problem with that, okay. that deals with that. But anyway... Yeah. Um, um, can you can you kind of lay out right. for us what it says? Right. So, like, essentially, it sets some very high milestones that Congress wants to make priorities in the next 10 years. Right. And the reason for it is this climate change catastrophe, quote, unquote. But, but, but and that's true. Like, let that, let me put it this way. That's the stated reason for it. Right. That's the stated reason for it. But, like, most of the... 
targets have almost nothing to do with that. Right. So, one, and that's the thing that's very strange about it. It almost just thinks of, think about the most progressive ideal world that you could think of. And I, I'll say this, think of utopia. Yeah. Imagine what utopia is, and that basically outlines this bill. One, we're kind, gonna be, kind of like last week when we were talking with our buddy Ben, Second Lieutenant Ben Falk, yeah. and we were saying, we were saying, if you think you're the one that can bring about the utopia, that is the height of hubris, enter states left AOC. Yeah, it's so in the next ten years, these are the things that Congress is supposed to is saying they're going to achieve by if they ratify this bill. Uh, item number one is essentially we would become carbon neutral. Right, uh, carbon carbon neutral, and then uh, what is it? Uh, hundred percent clean and renewable one, energy. One hundred percent clean energy to power the entire nation's energy. Needs. Clean and renewable. There's, clean and renewable. There, and here's the wonderful part: that she that, was asked to clarify that stance. No nuclear. They're going to is that achieve. Real? Yes, she said. Wind, solar. No. I, yep. Wind and solar, dude. Like well. she said, we're gonna have a hundred percent. Uh, clean and renewable energy with no nuclear power. Yeah, the sure. safest, cleanest, most renewable energy source that we freaking have. Yeah. Uh, so stupid. It, yeah. It's impossible. Well, it's not impossible. It's impossible without sending us back to the 1700s. Right. But anyway, all right. So that's point one. Point one. Way to go. Uh, I believe this. This what this was actually really incredible too. Is every single building in the <laughs> yeah. United States will be remade to be energy efficient which I, okay I, which is just like <laughs> gas stations every hunter every single building if outhouses you, if you read the text it couldn't be more clear it's really like like I don't even know. Like I don't even understand what that means. Like the amount of money it would take to accomplish. So let's and, talk about money later because okay, I, that's where sure, that's where we just really say, have to knuckle down. I was just gonna say, like this is something you and me are not ignorant about. Like we right. we actually worked on back in the day some lead certified projects and well to, we're, we're well, we are okay, not lead jump. We are not lead certified. No, I said we worked on some projects right, that but were certified. But by how the many lead. hours between the two of us, two of us of lead certification we're have we taken? We're not allowed to say to the public. <laughs> a ton. We've right. taken a ton of lead certification. Yeah. This stuff and lead is the uh, the. It's basically like the green energy certification code certifications for, for building for building uh, 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 buildings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like me and Christopher did did some construction back in the day. And 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 there's so much nonsense yeah. that you have to you have to do to get gold certified and some really awesome stuff in there like there's actually some stuff that makes sense hey, it's not all not sure. for but, sure like, but like there's gray a lot water, of crazy gray water retention sure. love it why not why not but you know it's down to having cantilevered um movable shades that that track the sun during right. the time of day to right. keep the light out so it's more energy like some of this stuff is not cheap no okay? it's not and it's the, expensive and the the projects the section 8 housing that you live in in the middle of the inner city yeah they're not going there's no way you're going to get your return on that dude right exactly uh, so anyway okay so every building in the united states is going to be Energy efficient, whatever that means. Laughably expensive. I, I mean, right there, we're talking trillions and trillions of dollars. If, if we might, we might make up a new number. I don't know what's beyond trillion, but and then a complete revamp of transportation in the United States. Oh, jeez. Uh, which basically would mean uh, no not, fossil fuel not, cars. Not what it means. What she says. Sorry? Not what you, not I mean we I, I want to oh, be clear. Sure, yeah. This is this what, is what she says. Yeah. This is what the bill says. No fossil fuel cars. Yep. Basically get rid of airfare and we would invest heavily in high speed monorail. Yeah. She the proposal is that we make tra uh, trains so fast and so efficient, not that we outlaw planes by fiat, right. but that they will no longer be necessary. Yeah. It's yeah. So crazy. stick that one up your right brothers and smoke it. And I, it's so well, ignorant. Here's the thing. Potentially that's possible. But nobody knows that's going to happen in 10 years. And, and there's not an, I don't think there's any good evidence to believe that it is. No. Yeah. It's not possible. I'm going to disagree with you there. Okay. It's not even potentially possible. All right. Unless we purposely stymie the advancement of 
aerospace technology. Sure. Because the point is that things keep getting faster, things keep getting more efficient, things keep getting better. There is a potential world in the future, not in the next 10 years, by the way, uh, where a plane is is less efficient a plane today is less efficient than a future train but there's no conceivable way that, that, that a future plane is less efficient than a future train the other thing is I, I guess I didn't really think about this too is that means that the world would actually have to implement some of this new transportation stuff too if yeah. the United States was to quit air traffic altogether well yeah and how are we going to get across the Atlantic and the Pacific Ocean are we just not going to travel to Europe are we going to quit importing goods is that Boats. another stymie that you're going to put on our economy yeah uh, yeah, yeah. We'll have giant boats, and then those those will be solar powered, I guess, <laughs> uh, with with thousands and thousands of tons of cargo. We'll just solar power. Them. Yeah, it's insanity. Okay. So, uh, but then then that, then it takes a weird left hand turn, um, and you don't say. Yeah, and it, this is the part of it that is really. So one thing is true: if you are to implement, if you're to implement what a lot of green people would want to do, and I, I mean that people who would who support uh, I shouldn't say green people but people that would just support that's racist sure but people that would support like a very extreme responses to climate change right sure if you were to implement what they wanted to today or this bill it would be drastically horrible to poor people mostly oh like for sure poor people lose out by a mile in this you know like yeah, think about it, it's definitely not going to be good for coal miners. No, I mean like it's think not. I, it's not going to be good for people that work in the transportation industry. Well, people that do Uber, people that do like Lyft, people that are Amazon delivery people. Like they're not making a ton of money, no. you know. And they're and they're they're definitely on the lower end of things, you know. And it's like, well, guess what? You can't you drive that car anymore. You need to go buy a brand new, expensive, high, one hundred percent energy renewable, or, or I guess electric car is not really is necessarily renewable energy. Well, seeing that 90% of the charge stations are still charged by fossil fuels, good dwarf. Yeah. Like... It seems rough, man. Not only are the... the the car, the price for the cars are going to go up, at least initially because of the increased demand. Yep. But on top of that, then the price to actually charge the sons of guns is going to go up too because we have to completely do away with the entire energy sector that's powering the charge stations right yeah. now. So anyway, so what you would want to do then, if you were trying to think through some of this, especially if you're someone that claims to be standing up for, you know, the poor people, right? You know, the rights of the, the oppressed. Like which, she literally won't shut up about. Right, exactly. And then one of the things you would probably do is put measures within a green deal to ensure that, you know, people like this is handled. And that makes, like, sense at the top of this kind of idea. Like, okay, we probably, if we were going to enact some of these, maybe we would think about protecting people. Okay, I'm with you. But the level of things that we're talking about here are insanity and so like literally within this green deal is a job for every american a, a, okay. with a wage that a family can live on yeah so a a which is not defined at what, all yeah completely not defined uh, but a living wage job guaranteed by the federal government. Mm, mm-hmm. and, and we'll talk about how sick that is in a little bit. Yeah. Because that, that's where this starts to get so dishonest and so disgusting to me. Um, but let's keep going. Here's okay. another one that I, I read specifically in the yeah. same vein. Yeah. Guaranteed income stability for people who are A not able or B, not willing to work. Wow. So universal basic income is in it as well. Oh, not yes. willing to work. The idea that the world economy keeps spinning on its axis when people don't go to work is so economically illiterate that you literally have to be so dumb, so dumb that you get elected to Congress to come up with it. <laughs> it's unthinkable, unconscionable, and it's in the mainstream progressive agenda. And let me just stop right here for a second to say, we're not strawmanning the the liberal leftist agenda. They, the media and Congress as a whole, are mainlining this idiot. We're not picking on the freshmen because uh, they're an easy target. We're picking on the freshmen because she can't get her face out of the media, because she can't get her name off the tips of the tongues of the newscasters. This is not 
the ball that they're hiding, the thing that they're ashamed about, this is their new plan. This is what they're proud of. Well, I think I think also like AOC. I mean, like the article I was reading was from NPR, and it was actually pretty positive on AOC's uh, policies. But more than that, she wound up being, you know, she's like interviewed in there, and it's like, well, how many twenty nine? year olds do you know that get interviewed by NPR I mean like she's she's becoming powerful she has a voice in the media she can use it for whatever she wants not to to mention she's also very oppressed as a as a intersectional woman of color well I was I was really talking about that I was just saying like that's just a throwaway well yeah but I'm trying to talk about your previous point is like AOC actually is she has a lot of clout and just like in like the thought space, right, left, both places. I mean, like she is, she's kind of. I mean, like I don't want to pick calling her a freshman and picking on her. I just don't think that makes any sense to me because, I mean, like she keeps showing up in important places. That, I mean, she's yeah. she's a congresswoman. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, we're I mean, not. What I'm saying is the the argument that I foresaw was people saying you're picking on the newbie, and I'm saying then quit mainstreaming the radical. Yeah. If you don't like us picking on your radical ideas, then don't mainstream the radical. The, it's that simple, but the left won't do it. It's like, obviously, the district that she comes from believes in the policies that she's putting forward. Otherwise, she wouldn't have been elected and taken over the seat of a of a sitting Democrat. And, and obviously, the cultural zeitgeist and the media influence is also supportive because otherwise she wouldn't have her name. I mean, what other freshman congressperson other than Ilan Omar... Uh, do you know that's had their name plastered everywhere in their first term, in the yeah. first few months of their first and term? She was literally like in Time Magazine is like the, one of the most not in, I can't think of it is, but there was a spread of like influential people from 2018 or something like that, and bam, there she is, 29. There's her face. Yeah. Like it's like, like I, I just I have a hard time, you know, I have a hard time with people saying that because it just doesn't seem honest to me about what's going on. Um, you don't say the left isn't being honest. Well, so the, well, it depends on what you mean by the left when you say that. If you're talking about leftists that tend to be more extreme I, than their, I'm being inflammatory. Yes, but I'm talking about the ilk of AOC. Yeah, and her following. Yeah. So then the. I think the last part of it... Just to build onto the dishonesty, every time you criticize their insane ideas, they're literally insane, illiterate ideas. You get called racist, sexist, bigot, homophobe. And the point is that that's the most dishonest way to even argue for your own points. Instead of expressing logically the validity of your ideas, you simply go to ad hominem. And the most destructive type of ad hominem that you can imagine in America, it's the dirtiest way to duel. And... That's why I am on the attack because you don't you don't give people who are giving you a bad faith argument the benefit of the doubt. That's how the Republicans keep getting their butts kicked, and I hate the Republicans for a lot of reasons too. But the reason that they keep getting their butts handed to them by the Democrats is they're not willing to meet bad faith with bad faith. And I'm not saying that's the way that the world should be, but like uh, like Ben Shapiro always says, mutually assured destruction. If you want to call me a racist, then I'm going to call you a jackass and a jerk and a liar and a fool. The end. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think I agree with you primarily against a certain sect of people. I just like to, I like to keep the terms clear, but sure. Yeah. And, and uh, okay. I'll, I'll throw a concession. We've been discussing it back in email, and we'll probably talk about it a little bit more at the end of the show. We oh, have sure. been having an absolutely wonderful very, conversation very with one cool. of, of our listeners on the left named James. And uh, I hope he doesn't mind to say his first name on the show. I won't say his last name. But at any rate, he listens to the show, disagrees with us about a lot of stuff. Yeah. But we've been – and he's he's bought into a lot of the, the left's agenda. And uh, – Super respectful, super honest, super great conversation. It is possible, but what's not possible is having a terrible idea, mainstreaming the terrible idea, yes. and then attacking the people who attack the validity of the idea as some type of racist, assuming that their motives are uh, bigoted and and um, hateful. That's yeah. not a way to do it. No, so, I so agree when with I'm, you. when I'm if you're on the left and you feel attacked, for one first step is to look inside yourself and say, do I have some ideas that are worthy of being attacked? And am I joining a platform 
that conducts business in such a way that is dishonest yeah. and is worthy of being attacked. And then the second thing to do is know that there is a better way to do it, and you're pro you might already be doing it that way. If you're listening to this show, I assume you're doing it that way. Yeah. And uh, we love that debate. Yeah. So anyway, okay, I'll throw a bone. Yeah. Anyway, back to the new Green Deal. So the last, I think the last thing is healthcare for all, which yeah. is just like <laughs> tack it on, dude. Just like put it in there, and it's also like why? Like why would that? Why would that be a priority in this? Like, here's the... If you're gonna, like, take trillions of dollars out of the economy by focusing on... Well, let's call it what it is. Now we're in the quadrillions. Okay, if you want to take quadrillions, that's the word that comes after trillion. Wow. There you go, good I just buddy. got million is one, <laughs> then billion is two, because by, then tri... Now I see how it works. Hey, I there. see how it works. That's how math is, guys. So, anyway... Oh, Latin. Will we ever be free of you? No. No, we won't. Uh, Agricola. That's farmer in Latin. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, but, 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 yeah. And that's the part that just seems kind of strange. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, if, if, what does that have to do with the green, with, with saving us from climate change? And I don't understand. Like, I, Hunter, I, allow your sagely brother Chris to explain it to you. Okay. Absolutely nothing, and yeah. this is why I hate this bill so much. This exactly. is why I hate this agenda yeah, and so I much. Agree with is you. because, because the only reason, the only reason that they are pushing climate change in general as a catastrophe and being dishonest about the actual science behind it, of which I am well read, is because they are using it as a foil to advance socialism. Yeah. That's what it is. If you want socialism, have the balls to come out and say that you want socialism. But hiding behind this new Green Deal BS and pretending like you give one damn about the planet, I'm so up to here with it. You are instantiating policies in sheep's clothing that are absolute wolves that in the past have killed more people than Hitler could possibly have gotten his hands on. And you're doing it under the guise of giving one damn about the planet and you are so full of crap. I don't have any more time for it. There is a legitimate... And so let's get into the science. There is a legitimate concern about the climate. I am not a climate change denier. The jury seems to be fairly well in that the climate is changing, uh, in general getting hotter, and there, uh, over time, because we're talking about climate, not weather, which the people on the left and the right can't seem to freaking get straight, no. but at any rate, um, the climate is changing and the science seems to be in that a, at least a majority of it is anthropogenic. Uh, in that humans are, are creating it. Thank you. I was going to clarify for the audience. <laughs> Hunter thinks you're dumb. No, I just uh, I just think words are big. But anyhow, that that is uh, that seems to be a a scientific probability that mm -hmm. that's true. Let's take it a step further. The uh, G10 summit on climate, that where they discuss the um, future of climate change. They try and map out its trajectory, and they try and uh, assign causal variables and remedies for those causal variables g10 being uh the big countries you know i don't know them all uh probably like france quebec um, yes the country of quebec yeah i don't even know why i do this show anymore um <laughs> at any rate yeah they have been pushing projections for climate change for several several years in the most recent round, I think it was at the 2017 summit, they put together a list of projections that ranged from the most conservative projections to the most extreme projections. Uh, and I, I can't remember the hard numbers on the increase of each point. Suffice it to say that in 2018, the, when you compared the actual measured change in 2018 to the predicted change of the most conservative estimates in the climate change arena from the previous G10 summit, we were like a fifth. We were progressing at like a fifth of the most conservative uh, growth rate, which that conservative growth rate said something like the climate was going to heat up by two degrees in a hundred years. Right. So Two degrees in a hundred years, we're currently progressing at a fifth of that. You don't hear that repeated on the mainstream media, although it was a major, major uh, piece of news at the G10 summit. So effectively, yes, we can agree that climate change is occurring. What's really dishonest right now is people talking about the rate and the, the genesis of that. Some of it's not man-made. I would say that the science says most of it is. And then even so, 
uh, it's not progressing at a rate fast enough to even match a half of the most conservative estimates. Right. Completely bogus. So is this a manufactured crisis? It depends on what you mean by that. Like, like in some ways, no. It's eventually going to be something that we're going to have to tackle. Is it progressing at nearly the rate that the left is screaming? No. In fact, what was it? Ocasio-Cortez said, or Anastasia Ocasio-Cortez said, like... Ocasio. Ocasio. Mm-hmm. Zorro. Uh, said, like, <laughs> in an interview, like, two weeks ago, that the Earth was going to end in 12 years. And I was like, I, I don't know, is she part Mayan now, too? Like, 12 years, you think we're going to die from climate change? How about how about one-fifth of two degrees in 100 years? You yeah bloody moron and so to answer your question why then why why are they treating this as a catastrophe in general well look at all of their prescriptions because therein lies the answer it has nothing to do with helping the climate in fact america even though we dropped out of the paris accords everyone like leftists scream bloody murder and clutch your pearls we dropped out of the paris accords we still met the mandates in the paris accords out of our own goodwill and how other how many other countries that are still part of the Paris Accords did? China did them, right? Nope. What? China increased their pollution this no year. No way. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> did any other countries meet their agreements in the Paris Accords? India had to, right? Nope. What? No one did. No way. Zero. The number is zero. Yeah. Not even the developed countries. Right. Where the developing countries are continuing to increase their greenhouse gas emissions year over year, not even the developed countries met their reduction rates. And so we dropped out of the treaty not because... Uh, not because it didn't mean anything. Yeah, not because we clearly we, we want the climate to die like because we one, hate children. You we're the weirdo. one country that jumps out of it and the only one that kept the accord. Like, yeah, it means nothing. Obviously, it, it is it is not worth the paper that it's printed on. But Correct. still, go ahead, clutch your pearls, right. you ignorant fools. So, at any rate, it's not it's a it's a partially manufactured catastrophe. I would say that it's not a manufactured uh, it's not a manufactured phenomena it's a manufactured catastrophe and then on top of that uh we continue to stop pollution and other countries continue to increase it so even if we were able to go 100 percent clean renewable 100 percent carbon neutral uh and also just putting this in there for the economy bus out there they're going to do this somehow without cap and trade and there, she even said she was reluctant to do a carbon tax, although a small carbon tax would be part of it. And uh, that was that was not originally a part of it. It was like added in after people right. asked her if she wanted to, and it was like, yeah, it'd be very very tiny part of it. Right. And so you look at it and you go, okay, how do we fix the climate then? Okay, well, on its face, there's some economic measures built in, right? Like like universal basic income or mm-hmm. uh, free health care for all or the. Uh, guaranteed job and guaranteed wage it's so illiterate and so and i can talk you through why eventually but all of all of the answers are how to fix how to fix environment socialism yeah marxism is the answer right they this is just the new method by which they will deliver their their social marxist socialist agenda um if you think that there's a difference between marxism and socialism you're right only not functionally so at any rate that's why it's so dishonest. It's just to instantiate socialism. Let me tell you about a couple more things from the bill. That when I heard them, I was so gobsmacked, uh, I yelled at my television screen. That doesn't sound like you at all. (laughs) Does it not? No, I've never Um, heard you do that. (laughs) When she asked how we were going to fund it, she said the same way that we funded World War II, the same way that we funded going to the moon. Effectively, that is lefties for tax the rich. So first off, do you remember what Ocasio-Cortez said about the rich, AOC said about the rich? Uh, I guess it was about a week and a half ago. Uh, that a system that allows for billionaires is an unjust system. Mm-hmm. A system that allows for billionaires is an unjust system. So first we have to switch the system so that there's no more billionaires. Then how do we pay for this plan? Who are we going to tax? We're going to tax the poor people? Right. You idiot. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. We tax uh, the rich an exorbitant amount. People like to rail against the 1%. The top 1% pays for like 85% of the taxes. Yeah. 85%. And we're still running out of deficit. So what it, it doesn't really mean tax the rich. What it really means is borrow. 
take out on credit. And right. if you know anything about currency, that means we're either going to borrow more and more from other countries and our loans will eventually come due. That is the way it works in every other country because we are racking up interest at an incredible rate. Yep. Or we'll print more money and inflate the currency and then a loaf of bread will cost you $15. And then it won't matter whatever the hell they set the minimum wage because you'll, your purchasing power will go to crap instantly. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's, that's answer number one. Then answer number two, and this was specifically about the en energy sector. She said uh, about energy and infrastructure. Two, infrastructure is kind of its own social spending category. And as far as that being socialist, uh, learn yourself up on the difference between uh, exclusive and non-exclusive goods. Capitalism and markets are great for non-exclusive goods. For exclusive goods, like there can only be one road in this one place, it doesn't work that way. And uh, intelligent economists make concessions for that. The most on-the-right conservative economist of all time, in my opinion, Thomas Sowell, even says, like, you're not looking at the difference between exclusive and non-exclusive goods. Anyhow, moving on from that, you... The, the other answer is this chilling piece of doublespeak. Government can invest in it by borrowing, and then also they might have an equity stake in the change the changes to the energy sector. An equity stake. What's that mean? Any ideas? They're saying that they actually will have an equity? Yeah. In the stake of the new infrastructure put in place? And the new, the, mostly the new energy sector. So they're going to use it as revenue generating that? Sure, like they're going to invest. Do you, okay, so when you own equity in a company, right? what happens? You get to go to the shareholders meeting. Exactly. You own the means of production. Oh, okay. But but in this case, we're talking about specifically the energy production, which is basically... Uh, she said it as a blanket statement to a lot of these things. So uh, it could also deal with the healthcare sector. Okay. It could also deal with uh, the transportation sector, of which a lot of is government-owned and terrible anyway. Sure, um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, they're going to use it as revenue generating. They're going to effectively outlaw coal, outlaw fossil fuel burning, and then make themselves the equity owner of the means of production for the new energy sector. So a monopoly. Right. So if you think it's a good idea, if the government comes in and seizes one of the most productive industries in America and publicizes it, if you think that's a good idea, go to Russia. Yeah. You dumb butt. It is cut and dry socialism and they don't have the cojones to come out and say it I, I, she might not even have the, the brain power to understand it but the rest of them don't have the guts to come out and say yes we're saying that the only way to fix the climate is socialism and not only socialism but a, a redistribution of wealth on a scale hitherto unseen in the world yeah not yeah you take the scandinavian countries and Take them out behind the shed and execute them. If this is, if, if you're trying to picture how far left we're going, they don't even come close. Yeah, it's bizarrely further ahead. It, it's so radical. People say that all the radicals are on the right. This was said on the news just a couple days ago on CNN. They were talking about how there's no, there's a piece, uh, and then the author got interviewed about how there was no radicals on the left. Are you freaking kidding me? Let me tell you a little bit about this, what this would do to the economy. If we do this, well, you, you probably know as well, Hunter. If you take away the incentives for people to compete, instantly you set either a price floor or a price gap in any market, right? Mm -hmm. it, on the one hand, if you take away the incentives to compete because of a monopoly, then they get to set the price floor wherever they want. Right. $500? Cool. That's yeah. where it is. And if you want this good, you'll have to pay us $500 for exactly. it. What does that cause in the economy? What does that do to GDP? The answer is it creates waste. Because markets, the the incomprehensibly beautiful uh, power of the market is that it does not take one person's uh, ignorant idea for the price and quantity of a good to transfer hands in a consensual manner uh, as gospel. Instead, it takes the aggregate knowledge of thousands and millions and billions of transactions. Right. And that's what makes it so beautiful. And they're all, the wonderful thing, they're all consensual transactions. Correct. I know the left pretends to like consent. They like consent when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, 
sex, and guess what? I do too. I'll, I'll, but when you take it to making a dollar and entering into a successful, healthy, consensual transaction, they don't like consent anymore. No. Uh, which I think is disgusting. Yeah. Um, so at any rate, we would murder the economy. For one, we would take away the incentive to compete by creating these government-run monopolies where the prices are going to be fixed by revenue generation from the government. So instead of raising taxes, they can raise prices. Hello. Do you hear how dangerous that sounds? Instead of raising taxes, they could raise prices for energy. Think about it. And then two, you're, you are destroying the valid corporations that are there that are engaging in consensual transactions and setting price floors and price ceilings with things like a carbon tax. You're increasing the cost of the inputs of production and therefore you are moving the demand curve. You're moving down uh, up the demand curve, down the quantity, because now we can't afford the price, basically. Um, and so less people will demand the good and service, so less of the product will be used in the market, and therefore GDP will retract accordingly. Um, so we're, we're... And then let's take it a step further. It's so stupid. It's so illiterate. Not only that, you're going to disincentivize people to go to work in general on top of that. Right. So not only are you going to make work less effective, but you're going to tell people to stay home. Right. You're saying that we'll guarantee you a basic income even if you're unwilling to work and like that's obvious i mean like we used to we grew up next to a couple of people who you know went on workers comp you know uh yeah. across the street from us and basically once they got it never held a job for longer than six months past that and then you know all of a sudden his wife was on it and then all of a sudden our neighbors after you know who came and lived by us terrible incident where the uh where the man got shot after that went on workers comp after that and then they were giving each other's tips on how to stay on it post that and it's like you know a terrible thing happens to you and it's like yeah you know what if you give people an easy way to get paid and not have to work that hard and they still get to have their house maybe they don't have all the nicest things they ever wanted but they'll take it it's easy man but why why do they do it? Why do the left instantiate these policies? Is it out of the goodness of their hearts? That's what they'd like you to think, but they do it for votes, and they do it for power. And the best way to continue your your reign of power is to set up a system where people become dependent on you, where they have to pledge fealty to you to continue their lives as they currently have them. And that's exactly what socialism does. It fosters government dependence. It doesn't liberate the people. It enslaves them. Every single time it's been tried. And if you think that a 29-year-old bartender is the, the moral harbinger of justice that is going to instantiate the system correctly, yeah, well, good idea, but wrong. Maybe try again. Yeah. You didn't hit the mark this time. Yeah. I, 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 I think... Um, therefore you are. Therefore I am. Descartes. Uh... I'm not going to go into the tangent I want to go right now. I'm going to leave that alone, but you made me think of something funny. That's okay. it. Okay. So, uh, the one one thing that I find very interesting in all of this is a story in two different parts of the government for the Democrats. And one is that Nancy Pelosi has not given the funding to uh, AOC that she's requested for her committee and said that the New Deal that she proposed would be one of many that they took forward and how they would go about taking care of the green, green, you know, the climate change issues. And the part of that that seems so interesting to me is because, well, that clearly shows that the idea that AOC is putting forward is toxic to many uh, Democrats in you know, blue, bluish red states, sure, or reddish bluish states. They're called purple. Well, yeah, but I like I like reddish blue, so you know that it's more Republican than it is Democrat. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so I guess we could go with periwinkle and indigo. Oh my God. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> and so, and so, you know, it's like, okay, well, people, people. People must know this is a little crazy, right? Like that, and also like, there's no way this is getting passed on the floor if Nancy Pelosi isn't going to put it up. It's not going to get. It's not going to go anywhere. It's not, not without her support. 
Right. I mean, she has to. She's, you know, Speaker of the House. And right. She's not even giving AOC the committee she needs to run this. This is literally her and another senator putting, or, excuse me, congressman putting this forward. And that's not to say that there aren't a bunch of other people in Congress that have endorsed it. No, that's not saying that at all. It's just saying that, you know, it's it's clearly, it doesn't have legs in the Democratic Party either. And the thing that I think is interesting, though, is that a lot of presidential candidates are being asked if they would support the Green Deal, which is interesting because you would expect if it's going to cause problems within the House, well, then it should cause problems within the presidential election as well. And it doesn't seem to be having the same kind of deal. And it's like, we, when we elect our Congress people, we have a little bit more of our heart in the game and is what we, want, well, I should say our brains in the game with what we, you know, with who we live and how we, it's, it's local, right? It's local, right? And so, but it seems like with our presidents, we seem to have this idea that they should be visionaries, sure. that they should have like these noble aspirations for what the future is. I, I, I'll say that for what appears to be something that is on the progressive left, like that, that seems to be true on that, on that side of things. And that's... That's interesting to me because it tells me that most people probably don't agree with the bill because Republicans obviously won't. It's, you know, it's economically insane. And then it also tells me that most Democrats probably won't. But for some reason, when it comes to like the conversation we want to propel us into the future, this is a really important talking point. Well, I think it's part of the entire Democrat strategy. Like okay. uh, Howard Schultz, the CEO of... Uh, Starbucks that said he was going to run as an independent. Yes. He's been a lifelong liberal. Yes. And he still has a bunch of liberal policies. I actually don't hate the guy because he's not economically illiterate like the rest of them. I actually like him a lot yeah. except for except for some stances in, on his side. But like, Yeah, some of his social justice nonsense it, gets a little tiring. It does but, a little but bit. But at any rate, I would strongly consider voting for him. I, strongly considering it. Uh, especially yeah. when compared to Trump, who is not my guy. I'm actually... Uh, highly considering voting for Howard Schultz right now if he runs, but I, I, I haven't made up my mind there. I don't know all my facts. But. And more more details will come out for sure. Yeah, of course. But the left called him every freaking name in the book. They threw the a, whole list at him. A very bad man. Yeah. Uh, they Naughty called him boy. racist, yeah. uh, among other things, uh, which racism is the worst thing you can call someone in America, or maybe racist or rapist. Um, mm. I don't know. Check with Virginia. They've got it all right now. <laughs> they, have, they have a lot of problems. Um, but anyhow, God, yeah. is there Anyone in the government who hasn't worn blackface while raping someone in Virginia? <laughs> Seriously. Ser if you know of anyone, write in. I, the, the Attorney General and the gut, like, what are you doing, guys? It's really okay, rough. and uh, and then CNN reports that they're Republicans. Newsflash: so We're going to do a quick fact check. Wow. That's a thousand Pinocchios. They're Democrats. That's a thousand Pinocchios. Okay, at any rate, but here's the thing: they they freaked out at him. Mm. There was a uh, the other the other billionaire who was running. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he said he would run as a Democrat. Bloomberg. Bloomberg, that's yeah. right. They were fine with it. Why? The answer is because he said he was going to run in the Democratic Party. Right. They have a liberal, incredibly progressive, completely ill-founded, destructive agenda, and they know that they need a man in the big house to get it through because, unfortunately, we've gotten to a place in this country where the power of the presidency far exceeded its original intention by eons. But at any rate, they know they need their guy. The reason they hate Howard Schultz is because he can actually split the the liberal agenda. Because like I just said, it's the people in power that are pushing this because it fosters dependence. Yeah. They want dependence. Not all of your blue-collar Democrats are this freaking stupid. Right. It's the people in power that want to foster dependence so they can own you. If you don't believe me, look up the USSR. Look up Venezuela. No, those aren't bad examples. This is exactly the same tactics. In Venezuela, the government took over by mandate the oil industry, the energy industry in Venezuela, and thought they would run it better, and they ran the country into the ground, and now people are dying left and right and eating their pets. This is exactly, exactly the same policy, the same exact prescriptions, with little to no difference. So if you love Fido, then for the love of God, vote Republican, you moron. But at any rate, they know they need their person in the House to foster this dependence that will make themselves. This is, I, no, I'm sorry getting off topic, but this is the type of gaslighting you see on the left right here. I'm so sick of it. AOC can get on TV and call a system that lets billionaires exist 
um, an immoral system. Then there was another guy who wrote a piece for the New York Times just now who said that uh, that he didn't think it was possible to live morally and be a billionaire. So you can hate billionaires so much, but you know all those billionaires got to be billionaires? They got to be billionaires by engaging in consensual transactions with a bunch of people, which basically means that they invented or marketed something that we wanted, something that we were willing to invest our time and our money into because it made our lives better in some way. And and why is selling five baubles less moral than selling a thousand or a billion baubles? It, why is the first transaction more moral than the a millionth transaction? If you bring something to market that's good and you interact with people consensually, good for you. You've done a good thing. You've employed people. You've made the the available pool of products bigger. Uh, the only and, and they pretend like they stole their wealth. They pretend like the only reason that they're rich is that they exploited the poor people. Every poor person has a smartphone right now. Do you know why? Because thank God for Steve Jobs and Tim Cook employing thousands of people, generating a massive amount of wealth, and putting goods that actually make people's lives better into the hands of everybody in the economy. Uh, the the poor and the rich. It's it's almost ubiquitous. And go to a poor place. There's not that many left in America, but their lives are better because of the products of corporations. It's that freaking simple. And so then they say well, they they must have stolen their wealth. That's how they got wealthy. The only the only instance that a billionaire can become a billionaire by fiat is when you instantiate socialism because the government can come in and say I own this industry now. Look at Maduro. Look at Maduro's regime. Look at Maduro's house. Guess what? He ain't struggling. He's not. Now, there's actually some photos in the news a while ago of his kids flaunting their wealth. Yeah. Which is exactly amazing. So the, 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 and that's textbook gaslighting. The things that you're accusing the conservative policies, the capitalist policies of doing, are literally only possible in your world that you want to instantiate. I'm so tired of this nonsense, and I'm so tired of it being mainstreamed, and I'm so tired of people on the conservative side, the new conservatives, soft pitching these people that are going to tear our—they're—they're they're going to tear the teeth out of our economy. They're going to tear the teeth out of our country, and eventually, they're going to tear the teeth out of the heads of your children. And I don't mean literally; I mean based on their policies, they will kill people. It's happening in Venezuela, and if you think that we can go carbon neutral in 10 years without people dying, you're an idiot. If you think that we can we can completely socialize medicine in 10 years without massive shortages on healthcare provision eg people dying you're an idiot so i i think when i try to piece together like why someone would want to do why someone would want to propose this bill i think i have to put my head into a little bit more of the psych psychology of someone from the left side of the aisle which is I, I think the easiest way is to explain it in two parts the left side of the aisle goes why is there a fence here and the right side of the aisle goes you better tell me why you want to move that fence sure I think and so like when I think like that you know I I, I think about someone dreaming up how they would want the world to be and I think when you do that, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's bill works in that, in that mind frame. Like, I think we all want the world that's being described there. And I think we all want the happiness that would come with knowing that everybody in our, uh, in our country got the health care they need, that no matter what, you had enough money to live, that there was the, you know, that mm-hmm. everyone had all the provisions they need, the world was going to last, it wasn't going to be scary or bad, and, you know, everything worked properly. That's true. Left and, and right, we both want heaven. Well, sure, and, and I, but I think the thing is, the point that goes beyond that is, well, if the only way that you can believe in heaven, in my mind, is if you're acting like a child. I'll, I'll say, the only way you can believe in heaven on earth in my mind, is if you're acting like a child. And what needs to happen when you spout childish things, like everyone will be able to eat, everyone will be able to be made well, and the earth will last... And no one will have to work. And the the world will last forever. It's Netherland, exactly. And so you're describing Netherland. And what an adult is supposed to do in that moment is kind of terrible. They have to tear you away from Netherland. 
They have to tell you that that's not real, that what you're describing isn't proper. And there's two ways that that can happen, in my mind, that split you away from hearing that message. One, the person that tells you that is a tyrant. Two, you don't have any gratitude for them. Mm. And I think if I could describe two things that perfectly reflect, uh, I would say, the bad trend of millennials, it's ingratitude and parents that act like tyrants. Mm. And I think those are the two. And so when I look at Alexandria and I look at the... I look at young people moving to that moment. I'm not surprised. Like I think it I think it adds up and I actually think I can see how someone would get there. The problem is Christopher, what you've laid out is true. It all leads to the same place. It all gets you to a terrible system where people are amassing more wealth and taking things away. I think these People the, don't. The government is amassing more wealth. Yeah, the yeah. People will be incredibly poor. Sure, I, I think I'm, these people in the government. Sure, I, I think I, I think that they are not capable of even looking at it because they're literally not listening to the wisdom of their elders. Mm-hmm. They're not listening to the people that came before them, and they're doing so potentially even defiantly. And I have, I think you know, well, you get what you ask for in that case, and what you get there is chaos. Sure. Yeah, you can be defiant all the way to hell. Yeah. And, and that is that is where this is headed. You know what? That's possibly true. For, I, that, no, I, I like your take. That's definitely true for some of them. Yeah, it has I don't, to be. I, don't I would have, say it has to be true for most of them. Mm, maybe most of them. It depends on what you mean by most. If you mean by maybe, most people that believe, the, believe in this agenda and want it to happen, I'd say most. If okay. you mean most of the people trying to enact it in government... I'm with you. I'm not sure that's most. Yeah. So th- that's right. For the lay person that believes in this, yeah. uh, potentially you just have an incredibly childlike mentality and have the wool pulled over your eyes. Welcome to carpooling. Welcome we, to carpooling. <laughs> there's no safe spaces, and we like to we like to pull a little wool. We're gonna take that wool off your eyes and make you a lovely sweater. But in the government, you snakes that are actually trying to instantiate these policies, you are. You are fostering government dependence to enshrine your own power structure, and the cost is blood. And at that point, I don't really give a damn if you mean to do it or if you don't mean to do it. That's what you're doing. So uh, you can talk about pointing guns all day, and we can laugh about it, but when you're holding a gun, not funny anymore. Mm. It's not funny anymore, and I am I am done. I am done with people not treating these policies as the existential threat to freedom and democracy that they are. It won't just be America. We prop everyone else up. Just like in the Paris uh, uh, Paris Climate Accords, we prop everybody else up. Our military props everybody else up. If our government goes, the world goes with it. And this is the way it goes. Not with a bang, but with the new Green Deal. And yeah. I, I, I couldn't be more serious about that. Read it for yourself. It's the most extreme, uh, oblivious, uh, yeah, junk that's ever been committed to paper. And the scary thing is, is that it's getting mainstream time. It's getting mainstream press. If if, if Bernie Sanders came to tomorrow, Christopher, and had a proposal, was like, "Look, I've done the math. I figured it out. I've got the incentives tuned just right. I've got the scientific literature to back it up." We can actually make this distribution of wealth thing work and still encourage productivity in the in the in the um, economy, and it's going to work, guys. Like I've really put a lot of thought and effort into it. It's fundable, and it's going to help us reduce our debt. I now smeared a little tapioca on it. I but... smeared a little... <laughs> now, now that's pie in the sky, and I get that. But I think you are honest enough that if you were looking at the evidence for that, you would support it at the end of the day. If the math worked out, but it doesn't, because unfortunately exactly, because the world is defined by scarcity. Exactly. And if and you I... can't be that, if you can't be grown up enough to look at the world and say it's a bad place, let me do as much good as I can, then you don't belong in government. But but that's the thing until the math comes out until we can figure out the and here's the thing i think the right way to make a system better is by tweaking it you know like maybe maybe what we tried to do is like a tiny carbon tax and just see how that handles emissions and see like here's the deal if you're saying if you were if you were trying to push leftist policy and well, you're going to try and change it if you're trying to possibly push the world in a direction where uh humanity's impact upon the climate is reduced. Sure. Maybe one of the very first things you would do to tweak the system is add a carbon tax. A Maybe very so. minor carbon tax. And that could have twofold. One, 
it could actually produce the effect you want in reducing carbon emissions without really reducing much productivity in the in in the in the economy if you get it if you get the number small enough and correct or two it could make so many people frustrated enough with this tiny tax that they innovate a way out of using carbons in, yeah. in more and less areas of their life and it's like why would you try to readjust the entire system i don't think that makes any sense i think i think i think we're smarter than that i think we're better than that i think we deserve government officials that think that that want to push and pull and s- manipulate the system with almost ripples rather than with you know dams. Right. Well, so. and it's a shift in our entire. We've talked about this before. We could probably end here, but it's a shift in our entire ideology. Right. Yeah. Is sure. the government God? Is the will of the people instantiated in government God? If you think that it is, then why can't they? Sure. Why can't they stop the sun from going out? Why can't they stop the earth from getting hot, hotter? If you are grounded in reality and realism at all, then you know that that's not possible. Yep. And you know that scarcity is still the name of the game. Yep. And you know that no matter how many times Bernie Sanders looks sad into a camera, <laughs> it won't change the fact that people have to go to work. Yep. And he's never held an actual job. That uh, is true. So, anyway. I got kicked uh, out of a commune. Look, AOC, please at me. I would love to decimate your your uh, policies. Dude, dude, Consider- dude, there's a possum. There's seriously a possum <laughs> underneath that car. Oh my god, there Can is. Can you see it? Yeah, I can. It's like little tail is like right there. I think he just went over there. Anyhow, okay. okay. <laughs> and little, on that A note. little Carl pulling fun. But anyway, AOC, yes, this is a cat call. Please debate me. Or a possum uh, And call. if anyone's listening to, to me, on most times I like having fun conversations with the listeners. If you disagree with me on the, on the list... Please, I am ready to decimate you. Your arguments are so bad and so mathematically inaccurate that I don't care what it is. I'll destroy it. Do so, we want to mention the email we got? I know you did a little bit earlier. Let's Yeah, let's do it quickly. So yeah. anyway, we had an email, and I don't think and I'm mischaracterizing it. We're going to continue this back and forth, and maybe eventually we'll get it succinct enough that we can bring it up. But yeah, it's we, it's it's a we there's a mass there's one massive email to us and there's another massive email uh, that we sent back and I it, it doesn't make for good podcasting but but essentially I I think we could say that maybe uh, James brought up some really interesting points about like us talking about a, objective reality yeah. and the subjective experience of it and I and I think we. I, I think he made a good point in that everybody's experience of reality is subjective. Yeah. But I think our kind of thought back to him was that some things, uh, uh, you're better at explaining this than so, I am, but so, I think some things appear to like trans that, yeah, it, even though our experience of red is, you know, whatever your experience is of red and whatever my experience is of red, we all talk about the same thing, if that sort of makes sense. Right. And I think we agreed on that mostly that, that there are subjective experiences, right? Um, because sure. we were talking about the, the episode about the cave and the truth, uh, but there are subjective experiences. All of our experiences are subjective, but we sub, we experience the subjective uh, our, our experience is subjective of an object that is objectively real like the wavelength that represents the color red that's weird so we agreed there more or less where we disagreed is that he brought up the idea of a no parking sign and was like well no parking is just some marks on a board uh, no parking is okay, a sure. social construction yeah. right and so uh, that's and that's a pretty common that's a pretty common uh, trope that gets bandied about and there i see why people believe it because there is a socially constructed artifact there you know english language doesn't assume itself in biology but the the truth is language isn't completely social constructed there's a huge biological component to language languages evolve based on open and closed linguistic groups in a a, almost an evolutionary style evolutionary biological style totally eating my neighbor's trash sorry okay (laughs) it is cute though it is really and then we have a biological uh larynx hard palate mouth tongue superstructure that is made to make distinct noises so language will be possible and then the neuroplasticity of children is such that they can learn languages exceptionally quickly uh, because that that is one of if you talk to an evolutionary biologist that's one of the reasons that uh, help us survive is our ability to communicate right so to saying that language is purely social constructed I think is a little bit lacking and actually a bunch of the relevant literature on people who are defending social constructionism actually agree with me they say people say it's socially constructed and then there's no biological component but it's more like a spectrum so we basically emailed back and said uh, that it had a little bit more to do with uh, with a social augmentation, right? But there was something underlying there. And then we got into comparing that to beauty and it got a little bit tedious, but at any rate, yeah, uh, we I really think, appreciated think, the email the, though. I think the high point is, is like, man, what a respectful rebuttal to us. 
what a you know what an awesome chance for us just to continue the conversation off script with someone and just to like I am all I will disagree with everybody till the cows come home if they agree to disagree with me like that I love it and I and I Absolutely. think and I think the cool part that Christopher said too that is just an interesting little take home is there's pretty good solid evidence about the way you are versus the way other animals are that language seems to be like a complete it, it seems to be more significant than us just communicating kind of like, like Marduk speaking his magic words that possum's really cute okay anyway this has been Carl Pullen you yeah. can find the website at www.carlpullen.com you can email us dot no no www.carlpullen.com I'm editing out everything you've said in this episode I don't know why you can find Hunter at Emotional Carl you can find Chris for at x chris carl strawberry i hate you so much <laughs> i don't even know what it is at chris x carl on instagram twitter the show's at carl pooling on instagram and, and twitter. give us an email carl at gmail.com listen guys we rocketed up past 250 subscribers we love you guys we're glad you're listening we love hearing from you uh it's been such a huge blessing from us can't say thank you enough yeah let's seriously. keep going with it let's keep sharing the show if you haven't shared the show yet please do take a minute right now Share the show. If you haven't rated or reviewed the show on iTunes, please just take a second right now. Wait. Are you listening on Google Play? Are you listening on Spotify? What are you doing? Get Make on, an Apple account. Get on Apple. Go on iTunes. Um, please, the, you have no idea how much that helps us oh in the Oh my background. God, he's coming to my yard. I can't handle this, We're going to have to get out of the car and We're kill gonna, this, this possum. How are we going to handle this guy? Thank God for the Second Amendment, you know what I'm saying? I know uh, what you're but, saying. But please, uh, the more you can help us out there, the more our organic reach will grow. If you believe in the message of the show, that is undeniably helpful and beautiful and perfect. And together, we will, we will continue to bash AFC. On it. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I wasn't there with you. I quit. Okay. Turn the car off. We're home. We're home. Bye. Get out of the seat.